0: Hello, welcome to Work, Rest, Slay, the podcast for the Image Business Club, where we chat to Ireland's most interesting business leaders in the hope that we can learn from and through their experiences. My name is Melanie Morris, and I'm Contributing Editor at Image Media. Today, we're talking to a woman who, whether you know it or not, you're most likely familiar with, or at least you'll be familiar with her business. Eva Pow is commercial director and board member of the family business, The Asia Market, the speciality supermarket that's a mainstay of Drury Street in Dublin city centre. It's where we all go for those hard to find ingredients when we're cooking Eastern cuisine. And if you're anything like me, once you have ventured into that labyrinthian store, you're totally taken in by the rows and rows of fresh, frozen, packaged and bottled ingredients. You suddenly realise there's a lot more to the place than the outside would suggest. And do you know what? You'd be dead right. Since the 1980s, founders Harold and Helen Powell have grown a concept into a huge wholesale and retail empire. And more recently, their daughter Ava has come on board, bringing technology and diversification to the business. Earlier this year, Eva won the Overall Image PWC Businesswoman of the Year Award, unanimously impressing the judges with her story, her hard work and Asia Market's 55 million euro annual turnover. There's loads to chat about here and I really look forward to getting stuck in. But before we begin, and if you like what you hear, it would be so appreciated if you would hit subscribe on this podcast, rate us and if you have a moment, leave a review. But back now to Eva Powell and her incredible story. Eva, firstly, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. I'd love it if you wouldn't mind. I mean, I've alluded uh, in my intro there to the Asian market being so much more than one store in Drury Street in the centre of Dublin. I know it's so much more. So could you give us the helicopter view of the Asia Market Limited these days and tell us what it consists of?
1: Yes, that's true. I mean, a lot of people would be familiar with our supermarket in Drury Street. and uh, That is our flagship store, and it has been since the 1980s. But actually, in 2008, we acquired a large premises in Ballymount, mm-hmm. And it was previously owned by Tato, the crisp factory, Mm -hmm. and it now serves as our main headquarters and hub for operations for import and distribution. So in addition to the supermarket on Drury Street, we also have a cash and carry and supermarket in Ballymount open to the public and trade. Uh, From Ballymount, we also supply and distribute across the country to restaurants, takeaways and other Asian supermarkets. So um, we also have Duck, um, a restaurant on Faith Street and serving authentic Hong Kong style barbecue meats.
0: And am I right that you've got um e-tail, online retail yes, sector? Yes, we do,
1: yes. We have a huge kind of um, online uh, store um, that delivers nationwide uh, uh, seven days a week.
0: And is that for... Um, you know, consumers, business to, to B2C as well yeah, as B2B? At the moment,
1: it's just B2C, but I would... Business uh, to customer. Yeah, mm. business to customer. So um, uh, I would love to... My my future plans is to grow at B2B.
0: <laughs> okay, but if I'm looking for fish sauce at midnight yes. and I'm not going to be able to make it into town or whatever else, I can buy it online. Just one bottle from the Asian market. Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. And do you run that through Ballymount as well?
1: Is, uh, yes. Uh, the pick and pack happens in Ballymount and then I know we have our own fleet of vans that deliver to restaurants and takeaways. We have a fleet of 20 vans. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, you wouldn't, you might have seen them. I don't know. I mean, we have our logo on the vans and you might have seen them kind of driving nationwide. Mm. But um, for the e-commerce, we actually outsource it to uh, to DPD. Or, yeah. You know, outsource it.
0: But you've got 20 vans on the road delivering know, to restaurants.
1: Logistics is a huge part as well. Of oh the business. my goodness me,
0: um, that's like a business in itself.
1: Yes, I mean it, it's a huge uh, part of the business. I mean, wholesale is counts for seventy five percent of our business. So, and delivering it to our customers is is something that we've done since day one. So, even um, when I was a little kid, like my dad started the business by delivering to, uh, he was a delivery driver to yes. like restaurants and takeaways and he built the relationship so I mean we have kept that through the years in the business yeah. so
0: so tell me about the breadth of restaurants and takeaways you delivered to yeah
1: I mean like uh, uh, mainly Asian I guess restaurants and takeaways but I mean Previously, I guess it would just be kind of more Chinese, you mm. know. But now, I mean, it's so different. I mean, the it's Japanese, it's Korean, it's you know all types of Asian food. So a Thai food, you know. So yeah. we have had to really grow our products and grow our product range, you know, to um, to offer these products to the growing kind of Asian cuisine so
0: will you do everything from you know your basic takeaway right the way up to your high end Michelin starred restaurant
1: yes 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 I mean like um like we have because all the brands and products that we bring in they're kind of uh, the top three brands so for instance if you're looking for the soy sauce we would have the top three brands of soy sauce so uh, you know if you were a high end restaurant you'd be you know you'd be choosing from that range yeah yeah so
0: you're basically for the stickiest chef in the world you're cutting out him having to import it yes from the other side of the world you're doing that so you've a big import export or import business
1: yes I mean we we bring in like over 400 containers a year so I mean there's always containers coming in and we're always offloading them and we have a team who I mean like I've the containers that come in, I mean, some of them, they're literally not even palletized and they're literally filled to the brim. So imagine just boxes and boxes just put into a massive container. And, you know, so we we have like a team who uh, take it unload. Uh, everything. You unload Exactly. Oh, yeah. my God
0: almighty. Well, actually, that's a, a, a nice place to start. Then maybe if I could ask you, obviously, it wasn't always like that. Once upon no. a time, there yeah. was an immigrant coming over to Ireland who are your parents? Yes. Could mom you tell us a little bit about yeah, that?
1: Um, my dad um, studied in the UK, so he studied uh, engineering in Salford University and then he worked uh, in the UK as part of the postal service there. So uh, but he he I mean, he worked there for many years and then my mom joined him later uh, in the UK and then. They saw an opportunity here in Ireland. It was my uncle, my uncle who actually first came to Ireland Hmm. and he decided to settle here. He had he set up his family here and then he owned like a Chinese takeaway in Rathfarnham. There is still a Chinese takeaway there in Rathfarnham. It's not his anymore, but there (laughs) is still one there. And he basically, um, it was really. Sorry, this
0: would have been in the early 1980s. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was really difficult at that time to get uh, Asian ingredients. Like my cousins would recount uh, many times where they would be going with my uncle, driving to the UK, heading over in the ferry and basically filling the van with Asian products and then bringing it back. And this was at minimum once a week. You this know. was
0: just to service one takeaway. Yes. Yeah.
1: So from that, I guess, grew the idea of the Asian supermarket and kind of just to to bring in Asian ingredients into Ireland and to distribute to the restaurants and takeaways because there was a huge need for it. You know, so then my dad came over and joined the two brothers. My dad has two older brothers. And so they joined together and set up the Asian market. Yeah.
0: So basically they went one step back and your dad was the wholesaler to your brother's or your uncle's restaurant and then the growing industry around it.
1: Yeah, like they, so th- the idea just kind of came about and then my uncles and my dad worked together to uh, start up the business and um, and bring in ingredients, um, probably like in pallets to like from the UK mm. to Ireland. And but I remember, um, you know, my dad telling me that like he did take risks at that time as well, where, it, you know, um, coconut milk I guess I mean coconut milk is such a key ingredient now but it wouldn't have been you know 30 30 years ago 30, years of avocados ago. <laughs> in those days. um so he he remembered he told me that you know at that time he took a risk to bring in a container I mean a container is a lot of coconut milk you know when yeah you know people weren't using it that much so you know he did bring it in and you know starting to build that brand so you know the choco brand of coconut milk, that's like well known here in Ireland. all the restaurants use it but i mean that was first brought in by my dad and he chose that brand and cause, because actually in europe not that brand isn't that, always that popular i mean mm. the other uh in european countries they use other brands you know so yeah. my, my dad first brought that in
0: yeah gosh so where was the Asian market always in Drury Street?
1: Uh, the, it was, actually. So now we are, like, in a... You have a, a big, big w- space. Yes, but actually, yeah. previously, we were still on that street, but at a different location, on 30 Drury Street. Okay. So I think currently, it was it was occupied by... I mean, we were there, and then in previous years it was occupied by a chocolate, uh, chocolate store, and then now it's an ice cream store. But mm. when we were there, um, we were the, It was um. I remember on that street, it was all kind of fashion.
0: Yes. Just fashion wholesalers. Yeah, wasn't fashion it? wholesalers. Yeah, very much so.
1: And and I also remember we opened seven days a week, and um. I think everything was closed on a Sunday. Everything was closed on a Sunday. In, in our those days,
0: things closed on Saturday afternoons as well, I think. Yeah. Like it was crazy. So that your father crazy. and mother were very, very hardworking people.
1: They, I remember asking dad, I mean, why, why did we open seven days? I know that um, there is a work ethic there. I know that, you know, uh, I, I just was wondering, you know, and he said like, it was mainly because the restaurant owners and takeaways, they were off on that day. Okay, so that's why he wanted to have it open for them to shop. Um, so
0: good business. Uh, and w- were you born in Ireland? Uh,
1: I was actually I was born in the
0: UK. In the UK. So what age were you when you came to One Ireland? One month old.
1: So ah. <laughs> so I I don't remember anything in the UK. Um, uh, so yeah, I would say that I'm pretty Irish. I mean, when I came here, I mean, I started my primary school here. I learned Irish here. You know, um, I went to Gale talks. You know, so pretty pretty irish you're pretty ingrained pretty ingrained <laughs> pretty and ingrained. tell me um
0: you know the, as, as a
1: kid you
0: grew up in the asian market didn't you
1: i did i mean i guess with um my mom having like it's a startup business that you know she brought me to the store all the time and, and i guess worked and minded me at the same time and i remember um at that time i had a little kind of a a place underneath the till it was like my little fort and I would always um it was my little place my hideout place and I would sleep there or you know have a eat eat there or, you know play there so cute. and my mom was at the time on the shop floor so she was working as the cashier so I'd be just underneath and just you know uh, she'd be you know talking to the customers like she had a real interest in languages as well so who um I remember she always asked customers uh, in like how to say the numbers in different languages, so she would be able to, you know, go, oh, you know, this is three euro fifty, but in all different languages. You know? So yeah, she really liked that interacting with the customers, and so um, and. As a young girl, I, I mean, I said hi to the customers as well, (laughs) you know, yeah. But,
0: you know, I always think, you know, the way kids always prefer the box, something comes in rather than the toy. So you must have been in heaven. Oh
1: (laughs) my goodness. Like I remember, like I would have the biggest box, I would find the biggest box and then I would drag it out to the street because at that time there was nobody on the street and then like at the weekends and I would hide inside the box and uh, kind of pop out my customers. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I mean, I did all funny things like I remember like um, I was given a spy book uh, like oh, how to be a spy and mm. then and um, I remember like cutting like like having my newspaper as my little hideout and just spying on customers and cutting a little square out and spying on customers you know just little Brilliant. funny things that I did as a kid, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know yeah
0: but that was basically your playroom it was where you grew up yeah. And then I presume from school, you'd come straight into work. I after school.
1: Yeah, because my, my granddad at that time, he was up on the first floor of the store and he actually ran um, Chinese uh, videotape. Biz- yes, I yeah. remember that. You yes. could rent
0: videos on the ground floor, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. So the thing yeah. is,
1: but it was all kind of Chinese dramas. Mm. So I kind of grew up watching the dramas with him as well. And that was a really nice memory, you know. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So he would mind me as well. Gosh. So tell me, your current
0: role and position in the business is what?
1: My current role is commercial director of Asian Market and I guess the role is really doing a lot of business development. So, I mean, I work on a lot of projects to uh, make the business better, gr- make it growing, you know. So that is mainly my task.
0: <laughs> okay, and we're going to do a deep dive into exactly what it is you do shortly. But just to bring everyone up to speed, um, tell us, am I, I well, I know that going into the business was not necessarily the plan. No. What did you do after you left school?
1: So after I left so I graduated from Trinity and then I went to Lancaster. What did you study in Trinity? I studied information communications technology so IT and then I went to Lancaster and I did another year I wanted to kind of mix uh, business with IT so it was like IT management and organizational change was the course I did and then and then I decided I would move to Hong Kong. It was at that time, I mean, I had traveled during the summertime to Hong Kong so and it was always attractive to me because I felt like in Hong Kong people were very street wise and they were very savvy. But also I fell in love with the, the, the skyline in Hong Kong. Mm. It's just it's just so pretty <laughs> and the food element of it as well. So. I decided to give myself a challenge and I was like yes let's move to Hong Kong and see what happens and um I remember like my dad was uh scaring me a little bit with my CV as well because he said okay you know after you graduate like I think he didn't want me to just like take it easy so he was like oh if there's any gap in your CV that's not going to look well so you know go go and find a job very quickly so I literally landed in Hong Kong and I was working within two weeks doing what I was I was um my first job was uh uh, working um in FedEx and I was uh, there kind of there was someone out on maternity leave so I was like working in their data management uh running reports uh so that was the data side and then I had um a job working uh in Rabobank so it was my first kind of experience working in banking but it was actually in the food industry in Rabobank because uh Rabobank is an agricultural kind of uh, mm. based um bank I guess they, they're they focusing on agricultural companies so um I was doing research and data into kind of uh, food elements and the trends you know so that really suited me but I think at that time I really learned that um the financial industry was uh, really exciting to me. I felt like you know all the reports they really did make a difference to business decisions and to customers and so um I started to explore a bit more and then I moved to RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland, which is where I stayed for most of my time when I was in Hong Kong.
0: And at what sort of time scale was all of this? How long did like, this go on for?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, my first job was like the tr- it was short term because it was uh, like three years. Th- um, Fe- Federal Express was uh, six months and mm-hmm. then Rabobank was three months. And uh, and then I, I literally. I I didn't have any kind of real stop like you know I didn't stop for a few months I rolled on from one job to the other yeah Yeah. like um so I I knew that I'd be ending that contract and so a few weeks before I'd be looking for the next job and then in Hong Kong it just moves really quickly I mean you you apply for a job and uh, if you don't hear back from them within a day or two, you, you, that, that you job. apply for something else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it was yeah. always very active. It was very, very fast-paced, moving kind of a country. So I, I just kind of moved. I the, the time frame really. I didn't have any gap. Maybe good for my dad. I yeah. was like, I didn't have a gap. Like I was working for six months and then rolled into my next job and then rolled into RBS.
0: So you're living your Carrie Bradshaw best <laughs> over in Hong Kong. You are a twenty-something having an absolute at any stage was there anything in the back of your mind saying I might go home
1: no no nada. so no what, what happened to change that I mean like I think working in the financial industry I mean I it was really um it was it was it was fat so fast-paced and it was you know you met a lot of people I mean I guess I just started to burn out through the years you know really honestly so um I I, and then I started to think okay what are my next steps and I was thinking I want to go into running a business but then I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do you know and so I decided you know maybe I was on a trip with my parents um to visit some of their suppliers and that really gave me an insight into oh the re- relationship with suppliers and running a business and a food business so I decided you know what I'll come back to Ireland and learn from my parents how to run a business and then I could use that as a springboard to, if I wanted. If if from that I have some, gained some experience and if I have a certain interest in other things then I could set up another business, you know. But, you know, as it happened, I, when I got back to Ireland it really did feel like it was second nature to me and that I was meant to do this and, and it was a real passion and interest and so, that's how I didn't move to doing anything else, you know. But
0: am I right in thinking your parents had very subtly been sowing a seed for a very long time?
1: Yes, I mean, like I remember all the holidays trips; they were all visiting, visiting like suppliers, and uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's how I didn't, I didn't really think about it that much, you know. It was um, at a young age, you know, I, I was just happy to be out and about and spending time with my parents away, you know. So I didn't really think about it that much, but I think. It, you know, Dad has such a passion for that, you know, wherever we go, we would go into supermarkets and we'd always check the back of the packaging to see where it comes from. You know, I can spend hours in a supermarket. I think we all can (laughs) though. In fairness, is there anything more exciting
0: than a foreign supermarket?
1: (laughs) Um,
0: But so he was very gently showing you the ropes.
1: He was, yeah. And planning
0: the succession of the business.
1: Yeah, but I didn't. I really didn't realize that. And I'm so grateful for you know, because even in the in at home, you know, we would be testing out a lot of samples. There would be a lot of samples in the house. But you know, he would be just over dinner conversation. Be like, oh, this brand, you know, and is very good. Or you know, just just kind of. I was aware of the different brands. I mean, the packaging may have looked similar, or the product could have. similar but I was shown that it tastes different you know and the brands were different and where the country was was different and you know even um going on trips with him you know we would look at different um, varieties of rice and then the quality and you know so and he Mm. brought me to a few kind of factories with him as well so those were really interesting when I was younger you know. But you know I think what's
0: really interesting from this and what I'm taking out from this is I think what we all really know in our hearts that um, formal education is very very important and it certainly teaches you things and it teaches you methods But there's nothing that beats experience. And there's nothing that beats your father bringing you into the factory and explaining and sharing. His lifetime of learning yeah. with you, yeah. so that you can combine what you've learned the academic way with what you're learning the practical well, absolutely. way.
1: Absolutely, I mean, like I think it really did. Um, when I came back to work for the business, I felt like mom, like learning from mom and dad. They they tell you everything. I yeah. mean, like when you were when I was out working, you know, I didn't. I had to learn from scratch, but no one was telling me what way you know to 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 do anything or do the tasks. You know, you weren't really trained that much to mm. do it, so you you had to spend years just kind of learning, learning it. Like when I was in the banking industry, I had to learn it from like scratch, from start, from step one.
0: But your formal education must have really, really helped. Once you were back in the saddle in Ireland, you must have been able to bring so much, an extra layer into the business maybe, and maybe a more modern layer into the business.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely saw um, improvements that I wanted to make. And I guess I spent, you know, uh, time to just observe the business and then observe how mum and dad worked and then I I just started to improve it step by step you know and roll
0: up the sleeves yeah I mean yeah. I, I was
1: glad in a way where you know um, dad actually started to travel a bit more and so <laughs> it gave me like little gaps where um, I just I just implemented the projects you know I had things in my mind and I would just go off and do them and then I would tell them tell him when he came back <laughs> but isn't that amazing because it's the
0: most natural way to start giving somebody a little bit more autonomy give them a little bit more experience he goes away he obviously delegates work to you you get you're given a chance to work a project yeah and to learn it literally at face value at, while he's teaching you it's it's it he's an amazing teacher he isn't is, he a he great is. mentor
1: And so like a mom as well. I mean, mom is so loves routine and she's always been excelled in the operations of the company. Like she knows how to, she knows every single department, you know. So um, just seeing her in action as well. And, you know, if I have any um, decisions I need to make, I just, you know, I can discuss with them both, which I find it's such a great support, you know. I I guess, you know, Prior to joining my family business, it's always been a worry of mine that, you know, oh, I mean, what is it like to, to work with your parents? You know, I mm. mean it's 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 really nice to hang out with them, but you know, work wise, I mean, if you saw differently on different things, I mean, would there be an argument? Will it be bad? You know, and that has always been a worry of mine. But, you know, when now it really isn't. I mean, when I started working in it, there, there was really none of that because I guess I communicate a lot with my mom and dad, so um, we have that strong foundation and that strong bond. So if I uh, if I kind of decided on something or I wanted to do something, I just kind of say, "Oh, you know, my plans are this. What do you think?" And you know, dad wouldn't say much, and then I'd just go off and do it, and you, <laughs> know, you know, and then it was done. And then he, you know, he he really didn't. I, I'm I'm grateful that both of them they they weren't you know saying. You know, you have to do this or you have to go that way or um, they all, always just supported my mm. decisions. So I guess I really had the opportunity to um, to try and yes. implement new things, you know.
0: But it also sounds like it was done gently over time. It wasn't that you were coming in suddenly and changing things in a very, very speedy fashion. Yeah. That everything was done in its natural pace yeah 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 yeah. are your parents still involved in the business
1: yeah so dad um is loves traveling still so he and it's great because you know i can send him like he he basically looks at different factories, he brings in and sources new products, he goes to a lot of trade shows still, you know, he was just in Thailand there in May, so, you know, he's still very active and um, and he, he, he is like a strong figurehead for the business and he holds a lot of strong relationships, you know, so... Um, so that's a real asset. Um, Was
0: he able to travel? In, he probably wasn't no, over the last few years. No, he wasn't. So it's great to have him back on the road. I know, <laughs> I
1: know. I mean, like, and he loves it. And you can see that he's so active. And, you know, he, like we were uh, at the airport together uh, early June. And my goodness, I mean, he he can walk so fast. And, you know, <laughs> do you know, you didn't. when he wants to (laughs) just like you know he's so active and it's great to see him in his element really you know and enjoying life and you know I mean with his age I mean a lot of people would probably be you know retiring or thinking about doing something else but you know no slowing down with dad and I think it's just ingrained in him that he sees things and food businesses and food ideas and you know he just shares his knowledge it's his passion yeah Yeah. where
0: do your strengths lie in the business at the moment and what? areas have you kind of recruited out or delegated out
1: yeah I mean um my strength in the business I guess is business development I mean I come up with ideas and then that uh, benefits and the business and then I get them implemented and then once they're kind of established and then I move on to an, another mm. kind of project so
0: are you good with detail
1: detail yes I am quite mm. detail orientated um I don't even know if that's a good thing just because <laughs> you know I tend to then you know um, it tends to take up quite a lot of my time yeah so uh, I guess because projects that are new you need to think of all elements of it so um, I, I tend to you know I I have a team we can bounce ideas off but then you know you need to find out how to implement it so there, there are lots of elements to it that I, I think think constantly about it you know it it is all consuming you know Mm, mm. and you want you want to make it uh work as well so that's uh, an element that you need to kind of you you know you need to have the idea but then you need to think how it uh is in the in the platform so you need to
0: realize it yeah like
1: like you know you need to see what's out there in the market as well. You need to compare your idea to others. You need to see, you know, I, I'm always trying to put like an Asian twist to whatever we're doing. So, you know, if it's a food idea or if it's something, you know, it's it's, it's either uh, enhancing people's knowledge of Asian food or culture, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is really good. Yeah.
0: yeah. And in terms of, you know, you can't do everything in the business. Yes. So where do you find strength in others to, yeah. to join you?
1: Yes, well... First of all, it would be my sales manager. So she plays a real important role controlling all our kind of uh, customers like restaurants and takeaways and supermarkets, other supermarkets. And then um, my chief financial officer. So accounts, it's it's I've really learned how you know having an experienced person in the area is so beneficial you know um and just having the data to kind of uh put your finger on the pulse really mm. and so that that's really important role and then hr hr is really important um <laughs> i mean i we when i started the company we didn't have hr managers so you probably didn't
0: have 160 people no, either, I didn't, did that's you?
1: True. <laughs> so you know having the hr manager uh, uh, like uh, the great like our great HR manager is just really important as well. Am I
0: right that your um, your team, your 160 yes. employees into Asia market, they're from everywhere in the world.
1: They are, yeah. So I mean, it, it, so from uh, my team, my sales team, I guess because they're uh, facing customers and restaurants and takeaways, that they really need to have the language. So the Chinese language, they all have to have that, uh, and also the English. And then, you know, on we really have all denominations you're a big cultural hodgepodge really really is like (laughs) you know um and I guess it's really great to see that I think uh, it has uh, changed a lot like over the years and we have had to grow the team quite Mm. um
0: you know going through the different areas of the business now am I right in thinking you're the biggest rice importer in the country
1: yes I mean like you, I guess you could say that I mean because like I mean we would bring in so many containers a week off of rise and we would yeah we would I mean we're bringing in so so
0: wholesale is a massive part of the business yeah. and you know you were telling us there about Ballymount and how it all works but that must be, and now that um it's easier maybe to get deliveries than during COVID times or whatever have has that exploded in recent times
1: you mean has it kind of um uh, have we had more demand yeah, I mean, uh, there, because I feel like there is more demand for Asian food because I feel people are traveling a lot more. They're coming back to Ireland and, you know, they're really enjoying the Asian flavor. So I have really seen like a huge increase in kind of Asian food offerings you know and i guess that would have an impact on us like we need to uh, have enough products to supply to to everybody as well so but i mean it has been also challenging in terms of you know uh, l- Irish companies are also listing Asian ranges as well
0: right uh, logistically though has it been difficult with the different lockdowns in China and the different lockdowns in the east has it been difficult for you to get supplies or absolutely have you like that?
1: you know it has been like for from the start of the pandemic um where we would be getting containers from asia first of all the cost of the containers second of all the product itself because a lot of the factories had to close because of covid and that would you know slow down the production so so much that that would make mean that we would get our products later as well but also the rise in the container cost um really impacted as well because um i guess the the risk was like do you bring in the product if it's so much more expensive you know and then will the public take it you know as Mm -hmm. well so but you know i think the key was that to to have the product you know yeah (laughs) did you have buffer stocks for while things were a little bit uncertain we did but i think the key was my dad's kind of relationships that he held in Europe and the UK because we, it meant that, you know, some of his friends would have landed a container, we would share the stock, you know, and and then when our stock came, we'd give it back to them. So it was kind of a lot of shuffling around of stock. Yeah, yeah. Know, and then time. how
0: about fresh ingredients? Was that yeah. a difference or was that hard to get? Fresh older?
1: ingredients... Um, usually we get from France and Holland and actually there's a local Irish farm that we get uh, Asian uh, fruit like Asian vegetables greens from. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's fantastic it's nice yeah. to know there's a, a local business as well as um, an import business going on yeah I mean yeah. like if
1: the, if they had they usually only grow a few varieties which is why you know we take what they have but then have to supplement it with other ranges from uh, from Europe right yeah.
0: and then what about the technological advancements that you've made in the business I mean you've touched on the um tail the online retail yeah what other sort of systems have you brought into the business
1: yeah i mean i've been working quite hard on the i guess updating the backbone of the company so um in terms of uh updating the system in operations so the warehouse management system you know um getting everything i mean four years ago it's a very different scene to where we are at now you know we were picking my paper before now we are picking on voice it's more accurate everything's barcoded there's labels there's you know it, it has moved on so much you know and um I guess because I studied in this area as well it, it really is the passion of mine to move it forward you know I feel like um if you you, you get so much from it like now we get so much data from the system mm-hmm. that you know it's it's really beneficial to show you uh, in terms of next steps where to go and actually
0: it must be great working with your father on his relationships and his travels we need to expand more into this area demand is here our stocks are too high here too low there whatever exactly yeah.
1: um and then you know uh, and i'm still we'll be investing more, I guess, in the IT system and updating our backbone. And um, there's always, there's so much to um, improve on, Mm. you know.
0: Well, there always is, I
1: suppose. (laughs) Your job will never be done. Tell me
0: about Duck, because that's a particular passion of yours, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I mean, Duck really started... um, It's your
0: restaurant on Fade Street? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I was thinking of um, having a food offering along with Jewelry Street, because, um, you know, a bit like you go to the supermarkets here, you have you have the ready-made roast chicken, you know, um, and you just bring that home and you cook your bread and that's a quick kind of a dinner. Um, in Hong Kong, we always uh, go to ro- roast meat places to get some meats roasted and then you cook your veg and that really complements and ha- you know your meal divine yeah so it it actually really worked out really well because my dad had a friend who um is a roast meat master and has been living in Ireland for years and so he wasn't working and so I came I was thinking this is great you know and I remember seeing him actually working in a different business before like and the business had him doing roast meats but they also had a lot of other asian kind of um dishes on the menu. Uh-huh. And I think it, it just my vision was that it it gets a bit muddled. Once you have too many things on the menu, you know, and and I always um, a few uh, restaurants actually had Hong Kong roast meats on their menu, but I would send my friends in to go there to to those restaurants. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm heading to the restaurant. And I was like, okay, well, I'll give you a list of things you can order. And every time they would have just they just ordered the same same thing that they liked, you know, so that they're we, they, familiar they, with. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. came out with the the black bean, the sweet and sour, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's lovely. I mean, great. But I I, I was like. Did you not try the roast meats? And they're, no, no. And so I, the idea for Doug was when you go in, you don't get distracted, I guess, with other, other yeah. kind of things on the menu. With the old familiars. Yes. Yeah. So you go in, for first page on the menu, there's only four things. You get the roast duck or you get the roast pork, you know, and so it was it was kind of my idea for kind of funneling people to order the authentic, the most authentic thing. Is mm-hmm. the roast meats. So that's all we're going to do. And, you know, and I think um, that has really, uh, really helped with, you know, people loving the roast meats, you know.
0: But it's brilliant because you have your father's friend who's the roast meat expert, you have the ingredients you know literally next door and so it's a very logical progression for the business isn't it?
1: But also like it was was really good to have like the Irish kind of duck as well the Irish duck is really good so kind of using that good kind of raw material that we have here in Ireland and then kind of elevating with some Asian flavours you know I mean it, it when I go back to Hong Kong and go back to China you know I feel um the duck here is better, you know. You know. <laughs> you know. Like I, I go back and I think, okay, well, they have, you know, their ways and their flavors, you know. But I think in the raw ingredient actually counts for a lot, you know.
0: Great. Well, it's very, very true. And are you do you use the Monaghan ducks? Are those, those ones?
1: The, yes, the Monaghan, yeah, Silverhill yeah. ones, yeah. Yes, um, you also do a certain
0: amount of PR for the business yourself. That you do regular cooking slots.
1: Yeah, I really enjoy those. My God,
0: you must be an adrenaline junkie. Is there anything more <laughs> terrifying? You do Ireland AM, don't you?
1: I do. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a really nice part where I get to indulge in cooking and you know thinking about the recipes because it i that is actually a real passion of mine to you know come up with recipes and and use ingredients that we have in the market and kind of bring it and explain it to a bigger audience Mm. you know so i think um, i just feel so lucky to have that platform to able be able to do it you know so um and I love it. Really do. So, Eva, as
0: we hurtle towards the end of two thousand twenty two, I mean, retail and business opportunities aren't ideal, but there's obviously still plenty of skin in the game and plenty to do. Can you tell me about some of the fears and some of the opportunities that you're looking at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the what I've learned actually through, you know, covid for the business is that um we to be diversified you know because we have the retail section and then we have our delivery so i mean in covid times uh, like the when covid hit the the restaurant business like they closed suddenly and then i literally saw you know orders drop off you know but then the supermarket business then kind of people were cooking more at home so that kind of grew the online grew so i think the the key is to be able to adapt and keep on moving forward you know to be able to see and adapt be make your business adaptable you mm. know because mm. I, I i know like you know with the rising costs and the you know uh, the talks you know
0: energy exactly. and every, Brexit and everything yeah yeah so
1: i feel you know you, you just have to try and make your business as diversified as possible because when one is down the other you know is up Well, I think,
0: yeah, I agree with you. And I think COVID did teach us that humans will always find a solution. So your point is to be at that solution to help them, isn't it? Yeah,
1: to have their finger on the pulse so be actively kind of, you know, like have your eye on the business mm. to know when the changes are coming about and to act quick I think act acting quick is another thing you yeah, know yeah um and I think definitely with the pandemic that has like we re, that has really taught me how to be like that you know yeah
0: yeah and with all that you do and mm-hmm. you know hearing about how your family worked seven days a week how you did school on Sundays do you have time for hobbies and interests yeah I mean, <laughs> yes. what do you do outside of work
1: I mean I love obviously I have two children so I uh, love hanging out with them but um, I love cooking and recipes I like baking so I'm always in the back of my mind Um, and like my goal is to have a cookbook you know so that I've always I'm always working on that and then uh, is that really a hobby? I don't know (laughs) I guess uh, I mean that's a
0: great goal because you're putting together your cookbook with all your Ireland AM recipes it is
1: really a passion I mean I don't know. I mean, the cooking really relaxes me because, you know, I, I love ingredients. I was, I was making like a lemon cake there yesterday and just like grating the zest of lemon. And just it, once you smell the ingredients, it. I don't know, I just feel so happy and in touch with it. Um, but also I love um, I love traveling. So Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that I have been able to travel during the summertime and that really kind of um, broadens my view on things. I mean, I learn a lot from just traveling and seeing things and because my mind is actively always thinking about the business. So I see something and I go, "Hmm, "Will that work in my business or, you know, so it really inspires me to 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 grow. So that's a huge part um, uh, that like that is a hobby. But, you know. His work as well but um and i like i like antiques
0: (laughs) very interesting
1: yes so i go to like i like going to antique fairs um was just on at the weekend and i like picking up um little i guess i I actually picked up a few kind of uh old uh uh, cookbooks and i love reading them and seeing in years ago that what they what 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 their recipes would be and what they cooked, you know. And then um, I picked up like a little kind of a measuring cup, which was like a a gill measure. I didn't I didn't know it then, but Mm. it was actually, um, you know, the measuring at that time. So it um, then. Yeah, I mean, I love kind of picking up little bits in the antiquary and the furniture and things like that. So
0: what is the succession plan for the Asian market? Do you think your children will get involved?
1: You know I really take what my parents taught me as well. I mean they never really kind of told me oh you have to join the business so I think I would take the same approach. I mean they always kind of um, encouraged me to go out and kind of learn outside and and gave me opportunities you know and um, but that's what I want for my kids. I would like them to I give them the opportunity to go out, learn, do whatever they want. And then, if they decide that they do want to take over the business, the more happy I will <laughs> be. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. And, um, Ava, obviously, you were
0: our overall winner of the Image PWC Businesswoman of the Year, a huge accolade in our books and hopefully in yours. Can you tell us what the award has meant to you?
1: It was great recognition for the business and I guess with time, it has really helped me kind of reflect on what I have achieved and also in the future what I want to achieve. Um, And The business has celebrated its 40th year anniversary last year, so um, it was a great milestone and the Image Award really helped to shine a spotlight on that and the rest of the business. So I'm really grateful for that.
0: I loved reading the blog post that you put up on the Asia Market website. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece. Do you think the award has also given you that extra bit of confidence on days when you're not necessarily feeling it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, like, um, winning the award, like, I was contacted by a lot of people that I know that, I guess, um, I haven't been in contact for a while, you know. So and they just sent me congratulation notes. And I really just... I didn't. I guess I was just amazed with the response from it, you know. And it has really given me a boost of confidence for sure. And um, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for it. Oh, that's
0: brilliant. Well, there was never a more deserving winner. So huge congratulations! So just to finish up, some very quick questions. And just to get an idea of your business style, Mm -hmm. if you have a huge big meeting coming up, how do you prepare for it?
1: I really do my homework on it. I mean, I prepare for it, you know. Um, And that's really yeah for a yep. big meeting
0: yeah. Uh, what sort of clothes do you like to wear to work?
1: I like to wear like smart casual, so I like to wear dresses. I don't, I I wouldn't um not really suit. So uh, something I don't really wear heels that much. But I guess in the summertime, um, it's nice to wear wedges. It gives me a few inches, quite <laughs> <laughs> petite. <laughs> so yeah. And your beauty essentials. Um. Probably uh, one thing I use quite often is uh, everyday sunscreen. Mm. I don't know if everybody uses sunscreen every day, but um, I get freckles quite easily because I've got fair skin. So um, I, I, I guess yeah. I all use round, that. all round the year. Yes.
0: Brilliant. The dermatologist will love you. Uh, How do you start your day? Do you have a routine? Are you a rushed person? Do you take your time?
1: Like I like to plan out my week. So I have kind of daily goals and I have weekly goals. I like to write things down when I think of them so that I'm not arriving into work on a Monday going, oh, what am I doing now? So I I like to kind of have ideas of a plan. I have lots of lists. I like making lists. I I have definitely too many lists and too many workbooks with lists in it. I have... But yeah, I definitely plan ahead. And then, you know, um, I no, I don't think I'm rushed. No, you
0: work into it. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mantras or proverbs? Have you any that stick in your mind?
1: Yeah, kaizen. It's a Japanese word for constant improvement. So I work along that basis. Kaizen. Mm.
0: Okay, we're going to remember that one. Now, your recommendation would be a good one for this. Good places to eat Asian in Dublin.
1: Okay, so I have a favorite Asian cuisine. So favorite Indian would be pickle mm-hmm. restaurant on Camden Street. Favorite Thai would be night market in Manila. Favorite Korean, Korean table in stony batter. They Make the most amazing Korean pancakes. Um, favorite Vietnamese, Ayo Baba on Capel Street. Uh, favorite dim sum would be Good World. On South Great Georgia Street, uh, favorite Japanese maneki sushi on Dawson Street, and obviously favorite Hong Kong roast meats would be (laughs) duck. Do you know what? That's
0: I think that's a full week of Asian dining. So that's a great that's a great weekend for
1: everybody to go to.
0: (laughs) And last question, um, Ava, um, what would you like twenty twenty to be remembered for in your life?
1: Um, it's a special year because I turned forty. So um first of all i guess i'd like it to be remembered for being able to travel again um for winning the amazing image award and um probably to finally start writing my cookbook
0: (laughs) ava powell thank you very very much for being with us today
1: thank you thank you for having me melanie
0: Thank you so much again, Eva, and many, many congratulations on all your successes and, of course, your Businesswoman of the Year Award. And may I also say thanks to Tall Tale Studios and to the team at Image, Dominique McMullen, Simone Kennedy and Bill O'Sullivan for their help in producing today's podcast. Incidentally, if you've enjoyed today's episode and would like to find more in the series, you'll also find them on our hub at Image.ie forward slash work rest slay, as well as on your usual podcast platforms and of course we'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe rate and or comment on what you've enjoyed. Have a great month and I'll be back next month with another episode of WorkRestSlay.